All right, guys, my name is Dr. Sharnell Wolverton Sihan. Welcome to my channel. This one is extra special to my heart, and I hope that I don't cry the entire time. If I had done this a couple weeks ago, I don't even know if I could get through it, but um, a lot of integration has happened in the last few weeks, and I'm able to kind of understand a little more about what happened, and I really feel like having Rachel, Raquel, sorry, on today uh, is going to probably even give me more keys and understanding exactly what's going on. And also for you, you may be experiencing some of the things. Uh, usually when things happen to me, it's because it's happening on a global scale and there's a lot of people experiencing these things. Um, they may not understand it and they may not want to talk about it, but uh, I am one to talk about it. That's for sure. So before we get started, um, well, first of all, welcome to the show, Raquel. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, it's honestly a miracle. I mean, God is just so cool, source, creator, whatever you want to call this ama amazing creator. And um, I give all my uh, love to helping this connection even happen. Um, maybe it was the trees that connected us. Uh, <laughs> I would definitely like to think so, yes. <laughs> I'm serious. I have like literally got new green glasses. Uh, I'm wearing a, a fern ring. Um, my ring says, um, to thine own self be true. I have like a tree thumb ring now. Like when I'm in it, I am so like, I embody it and um, so anyway, but before we get started, yes, go to um, drsharnell.com. You can get on the newsletter, great resources there, um, online classes, different um, services as far as biofeedback, soul audits, different things like that. You guys can check that out. Um, definitely to just get on the newsletter because then you know who's coming up on what shows, what shows um, we've done in the past. We have 194 episodes now. I cannot even believe that this has been like what's going on, but this one is going to be, everyone is my favorite, but this one is literally, this is my favorite. And so I'm really, really excited um, to have Raquel Cohen on with us today and talk about her book, talk about some of the things that she's doing. Um, whoops. And um, a little background of like how even this happened. And Raquel has never even heard this. So this is going to be new to her as well, as far as my experience. Um, but as many people are going through all the things that we're going through in this season, that seems to be dragging out. You know, I thought it was going to be a few months. It's led to years and um, hopefully it's not the new norm. I'm thinking that there's going to be an, there's already been an upswing. I just think that it seems a little slow, but um, compared to the dark ages, <laughs> maybe not so slow. Um, but I was, you know, dealing with, you know, patients in hospice and, you know, my own pets passing and just a lot of things to process that I was having a little trouble processing. Um, and I went outside one night, I started finding myself, I go outside at night for sunset. That's my, my, my whole jam sunsets, stars, moons, like I love nature. I've always, loved nature. I grew up with lots of land um, in Montana. And, wow. you know, my grandfather is a farmer and or was a farmer. And, you know, there's a a relationship with the land when you're 
growing things and when you need rain or, you know, all that stuff. And so I've always had just this like heartfelt connection to places and um, the vibrational experience of different countries and states and cities and nature. And um, so, yeah, I went outside like I normally do um, pretty much every sunset that I can get. And then ended up staying a little bit longer. I'm also a stargazer, love being outside, love sleeping outside. And so it was kind of in that mid starting to get dark and went out and, you know, finished the sunset, look at the stars and it was kind of cloudy. So my gaze went from like up to a little bit more this way, horizontal. And I, I noticed the trees in the backyard and I don't know what happened exactly but it was almost like I heard, I heard them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I heard them. And the connection that I have with the land that I'm on now to give you a little backstory on that is I had got this piece of property in my first own property, not a big piece of property, not even an acre in a subdivision for now. Um, but I bought it with the inheritance of my grandfather who passed mm -hmm. and, um, and when I bought it, I was just so happy to have it that even though we didn't have a house on there or anything, I would sneak out at night and just get on a blanket, park my car and lay in the grass and like talk to these trees. You know, I would be like, what all have you seen on, on the land? Like, I wonder what you know that I don't know, you know, look at the stars, pray over the land, you know, bless it, you know, walk. The boundaries of it you know i'm sure the neighbors at the time were like who is this lady that keeps coming out here every night to like lay in the grass and <laughs> what is she doing you know they didn't probably know that i bought the land or anything and so um so i kind of had this memory when i was out there a few weeks ago i'm like oh you know i used to like do this all the time and like for whatever reason missed com completely missed the trees and I felt like I needed to apologize. Mm -hmm. Like that's what came in my mind or my heart is like, oh. and so I just felt, you know, thought it in my head and, you know, I'm so sorry that I have overlooked you, literally overlooked you to, to stargaze or moon gaze or sun gaze. And yeah. like completely, you know, how did that happen that we lost that connection? It was all my fault. And, um, you know, for those of you who are watching, I'm not crazy. That's okay. If you think I am, I love you so much. And this is just what happened. And so <laughs> um, I got really emotional. Yep. And, but I, I didn't hear anything else. And I just was like, okay. And I did the same thing the next day. Same thing the third day. The third day was later in the evening. And I just had a blanket. I, ha I did have my phone. And it was um, laying on the ground face down so there wouldn't be any light. And I could really just connect with God and nature. And um, I did the same thing. I apologized. Um, I expressed my gratitude, you know, all of that. And um, this time my mm -hmm. phone like kicked on without even touching it. And um well, and let me say this, before, right before that happened, I, I kept saying the same thing, like, every day, I was like, what do you have, what do I need to know, like, what, yep. Yep. what, what do you see, what's, um, 
what do I need? And I even said, can you heal my heart? No. Yeah. It's like, I knew there was something there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, the, I said, the first thing I heard the third night was they were upset or just sad at the loss of another tree that had been pulled like about two months ago. Um, cause it was dead and about to fall on the house. And there was two of them back there and they were like expressed grief about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like immediately thought to them, um, Oh, I know. I'm so sorry. Like I couldn't even be there when they took it down. Like I felt it in my body. I was just yeah. like, felt so sad about it. And there were two trees when we built that we let go, um, that sacrificed for us to build. And I remember going out to them and like talking to them and being, you know, thanking them. And I couldn't be there for that, for that either. Why am I crying so much? Anyway. So that's the first thing that they said is they expressed their grief. And I was like, yeah, I know. And then like, we just sat there and I said the same thing I always do. And then this, my phone kicks on and it's a song. Of course <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. I don't know. So the- um, yeah, it is actually. <laughs> okay. So this is what the words say. Um, and I'll just read it because if I play it and I encourage you guys to play it, but if uh, um, YouTube won't let me because copyrights, so they'll pull this video, but basically it says, don't let your falling stars blow out. No matter what you've heard, don't let your rainy days cloud what you're seeing. I know you're thinking that you've shown up with so much you need to learn, Mm -hmm. but all you have to do is talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. And Ooh, I got chills. Yeah. I don't know, right? So then the chorus says, and I will hang, hang on every word that you say. Let the let your voice be the edge of my world. When nothing goes right and all you can speak is the hurt. I will hang, I will hang on every word. I will hang on every word. Yeah. And then the next part says, it's okay if you can't, it's okay if you freeze. Cause it's about what you do next that gives you meaning. Sometimes they mean to break you. Sometimes you need to be scared, but I am right around the corner when you're there. And then it says the chorus again, I will hang on every word. Um, let your voice be the edge of my world. Let nothing, when nothing goes right and all you can speak is the hurt. I will hang, I will hang on every word. Yeah. And then the, the bridge says you can feel the need to brag. Or you can cry up a storm, but all that you need is someone to believe in you. Mm. And I will hang on every word. Let your voice be the edge of my world. Same thing. I will hang on every word. And then the very end says, and and if suddenly everything starts to be clear, but there's no one around here that you think cares, I will hang, I will hang on every word. Mm. So I have this huge emotional release. Yes. I'm crying for like over an hour. Um, And since they gave the invitation, I was like, you know what? Since you brought it up, if I can cry up a storm, I'm going to just talk to you. You said talk to me. 
So I told them some of the things that were going on, like all telepathic. Um, also explained, um, I had a birthday that some very important people completely forgot about. And I was like super bummed and hurt about it. And, um, and then all of a sudden, I'm not even kidding you. An hour later, my phone is down and all of a sudden it comes on again and it does another song. And it basically, the words start out with, um, flower in the desert, which my name has to do with Sharon or Sharna of God, which is a place in Israel in the center that has desert roses where these lambs come and eat from it. Like um, it's their nutrients in their source. So I'm a rose of Sharon or rose of God. So it's addressing me in the song. And then it says different things about like, basically if no one celebrates you, don't worry. <laughs> because um, all your friends are here yeah that, that's what the chorus said and then as it was going i literally had this like slideshow in my mind of different trees on different land because i've moved and moved and moved being in the military every single tree in germany montana mm -hmm. washington state haunting different parts i mean trees i've climbed trees i've sat at had picnics at hugged all the trees of my life flashed before me and it was I know there's a network where they can talk yeah. and yeah. basically they're like well we didn't forget your birthday like who cares about all these people you know you don't need them to celebrate all your friends are here and it was a really like pick me up song and I was like laugh crying yeah for, like totally. another 30 minutes of just like hysterical <laughs> like is this even happening to me like very like whatever so I go to bed the next morning. Um, I'm on the phone talking to someone and explaining, trying to explain what happened. And I'm sitting in front of my chair where the tree is because I want to watch through the window as I'm talking about this tree. And um, and she's like, well, I, can't, I, I didn't go into the tree part yet. I was just explaining how there was some stuff going on. And then she was like, well, I see a lot of like um, dead energy or like cloudy energy around you um let me see if we can clear that and then as soon as she did she's like oh it's leaving now leaving now <laughs> and as soon as she did that i swear to you raquel the tree starts dropping leaves in front of me wow leaving and i'm like wow that didn't, that didn't happen that didn't happen i'm just like no way no way no way and then i called my daughter and tried to explain to her what just happened and as soon as I said what the lady said, leaving, the tree did the same doggone thing. And then this lady quit on me after six years and I was totally confused. I was super sad. I, I didn't know it was coming. Um, I went over, drove over to my mom's, was crying in the driveway, had my window down. My daughter called to tell me something else. I told her about the lady who quit. And I swear to God, Raquel, I'm sitting there in my driveway with the wind in her, my mom's driveway, the window's open leaves fall through the freaking window on my lap and i literally felt like they were saying it's okay that she left like yeah it, this is part of the leaving yeah totally and yeah. i can't even this is just a, a drop but this is how it's been for three weeks now of just this constant exchange of communication 
Um, that night, I was I had been watching the series OA for the fourth time. Uh, I love that OA. series. I love that series. It's been a oh, long time since I watched it, but I, I there was visual certain visuals from that series are like seared in my mind. So yeah, right. Yeah. So I happened to just pick up where we were leaving off. My daughter and I were watching it together, and it comes up to season two. I think it's episode four where she goes out the window, climbs in the tree. The tree starts talking yep. to her. Yep. They yep. have this whole conversation. And then she's held by the roots. She, The roots are loving yeah. her. She yep. sleeps with the tree. It shows a visual of the network, you know, and yep. I've studied yep. Clive Baxter for over a decade and understand the plants. So I have all the things to connect. Um, there's a device you could put in plants and you can hear what they're saying. And I had been doodling and drawing like, way before this happened, you know, just trees oh, and um, right before that, that, um, that th the three day thing, literally the day before the three day thing, I had drawn this just <sighs> thing. And I didn't know why I put music notes all around it. And so that that's what started this. And then I'm just and then like, the tree started singing to you through yes. your phone. <laughs> it's like I had this sort of premonition that this was about to happen. You asked so, and they answered. Yes, yes. And then so I start Googling because I think I'm out of my mind. Like I literally am like, am I crazy? And I found you. I immediately order your book, Everyday Plant Magic, which is like, <gasps> I've been sleeping with the book. Oh my I mean, gosh. I love this book so much. And and then I texted or contacted you and I'm like, we'll see. And you, you, you totally respond and you're like, I'll be there. So I'm like, what? So tell me your background. Yeah. This is a lot. I understand. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. I mean, what a gorgeous story. I love how tangible your communication is. Um, and you're not going crazy. In fact, I think you're probably getting more sane because we live in a crazy world, right? And the more that we actually open up to the magic, especially the magic that's coming to us from nature, and we actually open up to the consciousness of the world we live in, that to me is sanity, not insanity. But that's my own, that's my own perception. Um, yeah, so for me, I actually came into this world of plant communication and nature magic through a background in environmental education. I spent over a decade working in places like Monterey Bay Aquarium, San Diego Zoo. I was a wild animal trainer. Um, I, For me at first, it was really the animals that were like the big draw in. Um, I was always obsessed with nature. I grew up in a very religious environment, but I never really felt the divine within religious institutions or religious dogma. I felt God, I felt spirit, I felt more when I was in the trees, when I was walking the parks, when I was in the ocean, when I was communing with nature. Always have, probably always will. So from a very young age, I knew I wasn't religious. I knew I was very spiritual. and I knew the portal for me into spirit was nature. I studied ecology in undergrad and very quickly realized I want to be a voice for nature and I want to be someone who brings humans back to the natural world because I see this disconnect that is, you know, not beneficial for the world and it's not beneficial for humanity. So I want to be one of these bridges that brings 
us as humans back into our place in the natural cycle that we live in. My whole thing is that humans are nature. So this idea that we have that we're disconnected from nature is actual a mental misperception um, because we cannot separate from that which we are. We are nature. Human nature. Yes. What? We I are, never put that together. That's we so are nature. We are as natural as the trees, right? You know, I mean, of course, there's different theories as like, what all is a human? I don't even want to get into that. All I know is we are earthlings. We are part of earth. We are her children, too. We are part of nature. So I worked for many years in education, working with the animals. The plants were kind of like the background for me. They were like the habitat and the food, but I didn't communicate with them as much as I did with the animals. And while I loved what I did, I also got pretty anxious and depressed, especially when I went and got my master's. I got a master's in marine biodiversity and conservation uh, in 2006, 2007. And it was just a lot of just doom and gloom and just how bad things are and how much humans are wrecking the environment and climate change and ocean acidification and pollution. And just it was and I have a pretty sensitive heart and soul. Um, and even while I knew this to be true, it was like learning all this in such so much context and not really focusing on the solutions. It really affected me. And that was my first real case of eco-anxiety. I had to get on anti-anxiety medications because I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. It was like really, really bad anxiety. Um, and I took a break when I had my first daughter. And that's really when I started to listen or hear the plants. Like I'd always liked plants, but I couldn't keep them alive. Like I tried to bring them in the house and I just couldn't do it. Or I try to grow some zucchini and I get like this big zucchini and just couldn't really figure out what to do from there. But when I was pregnant with my first daughter, I kind of got to this like stillness within me where I just felt the plants energy more and I started bringing more plants in and I actually kept them alive and maybe it was like preparing me for motherhood in some way but I just started to like work more with the plants and have more success with them and, and hear and feel their energy more at that time I wasn't really in my spiritual awakening yet I was still pretty I don't know what's the word for it very much in the here and now but not from a present place more from like a sense of this is reality and this is fantasy kind of kind of space. Like I didn't have the understanding of the multidimensional aspects of reality yet. The plants were a huge part of that for me. So when I, after the birth of my second daughter, she was maybe about six to 10 months old and I got really bad anxiety again, like just terrible anxiety, which went into insomnia, which led to depression. And I just was really struggling and I had two young kids and I wasn't sleeping and I just felt like, what is wrong with me? Like, I'm just so scared of everything, even though I know nothing is wrong, like nothing's actively wrong in my life, but I'm petrified just absolutely petrified of the future, of the future I'm leaving for my kids, of just this world. Thankfully, I found a therapist who was also an energy worker. <laughs> um, so she noticed for me, like I was very stuck in the third eye and very creatively blocked. So she recommended this book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. If you have not heard of it, it's a fantastic book for working through creative blocks. And it's very much a spiritual awakening kind of book as well. So Julia Cameron, The Artist's Way, started reading that, started doing morning pages, journaling, and then I started started feeling like I want to make some art with plants. And so during my kids' afternoon naps, I would just grab some like vases or bowls that we were going to give away. I'd go 
grab some stones and soil and I'd clip little succulents from the garden and I would make these little terrariums. And when I was actively making these terrariums or making these little succulent arrangements, my mind and the anxious spiraling thoughts that I was having, it just went completely quiet. And I didn't feel anxious and I felt so present and I actually felt in flow for the first time in a really long time. So it was this opportunity I had to kind of relate to nature in a more creative, intimate way that really became the medicine my soul needed at that time and then became my spiritual awakening. Because the more I started making art with plants, which is how my business Infinite Succulent began, I started off just doing plant art. <laughs> That's where it all started, and like teaching other people how to make plant art, helping other people to get into flow. But the more I did it, the more sensitive I became to energies. So I would notice as I was like making an arrangement, I would often have a bowl of water next to me. So if the roots of the plants were really dry, I'd give them a nice drink before I'd put them into an art piece. And I noticed that I could feel in my hands when the plant would start taking in the water. I would feel it travel up into my hands and into my arm. And I would know, I would just know when it had enough. And I, I didn't question what I was knowing and feeling, but I was also like, what is happening? You know, you're like, am I going crazy? Like, what is actually happening here? I found some crystals at a thrift store with holes drilled in them. And I was like, I can plant a succulent in that, which is like my favorite thing in the world is to find weird, cool things to plant succulents into. So I planted into these crystals. And when I was working with the plants and the crystals together, my energy was like vibrating. And I was just like, what is happening? Something is happening. And so I got really curious. I started studying crystal energy and I got certified as a crystal energy healer or energy worker. And then I got really, yes, love it. <laughs> um, and then I got really curious about the impacts plants have on the human mind, body, and soul. How are plants impacting us from the, in the nervous system way? Because I was having such a huge impact in my life from having an intimate relationship with the plants. And that's really where it all started for me. From there, when I was doing energy sessions, I started noticing that I could hear things, know things, see things. My intuition was starting to kick up. Sometimes when I'd be in meditation, I would literally hear my houseplants giving me affirmations, telling me things. And I was just like, whoa, what's happening? So in 2020, when the world kind of slowed down, I found a wonderful mentor, started taking online classes and intuition. And lo and behold, I am an intuitive and a medium, which I, I mean, I kind of always knew I was intuitive because even as a kid, I would have these empathic moments where I'd read other people's minds, I'd feel other people's feelings, but it was never something I had mastery over. It was always something that would just kind of come over me. And then I couldn't tell, like, is this is mine? Is this somebody else's? I didn't know how to use it like the tool that it is. And then when I started taking these classes and understanding how intuition works and also now pairing it with what I understand about the energy system, it was like light bulb, light bulb, light bulb, and everything just kind of clipped into place. And now that's mainly what I do is intuition, mediumship. And I help people also learn to activate and work and cultivate their intuitive gifts. I help people get into their intuition, use it like the tool that it is, because my personal belief is every single one of us is intuitive. We are just not trained to know how to work with it. In fact, most of us are extremely intuitive as kids, and it's actually trained out of us. We, we kind of like get conditioned out of it. So as an adult coming back to this intuition, coming back, it's the same thing with coming back to this relationship with nature. It's really about a remembering. 
It's really about a reclamation of what we already know on a cellular cellular level. And that's really why I think I've had such a beautiful relationship with intuition through the plants is because the plants were working on me first on the cellular level. So when I connected in with my gifts and intuition, I was also very grounded, very grounded into earth and being fed by earth energy, which really helped me to go into these kind of more spiritual multidimensional places, but with a sense of understanding. Um, And also with the sense of like, how do we work with this in the here and now? And, you know, what you were talking about before, Dr. Chanel, when you were talking about how, like, you were so focused on the stars and, you know, what's out there and you didn't see what was just below the horizon, which was the trees, right? I think for so many of us who are very spiritual, sometimes we don't, it's very easy for us to connect from the crown space. It's very easy for us to connect in with this infinite above. We sometimes struggle to connect in with the physical, with the the God below our feet, which is Mother Earth. Right. Absolutely. I I think there's a lot of reasons behind that. I mean, earth is dense. Being human is dense. (laughs) It could be heavy. And sometimes there are many of us who go to spiritual places as a way to avoid in some ways what we're experiencing here on earth. But what I feel, and I think what you feel as well, is that earth is calling us home. Wow. Her vibration is rising. Her vibration has been rising for almost a decade now, and it is really rising. And for those of us who've been on our own consciousness rising, energy rising journey, we're just like on for the ride, right? We're like, let's go. And it's catapulting us into new places. Our people's gifts are exploding. Like they're coming out of the woodworks. It's amazing. And for those of us who are not as aware, we're still rising, but it feels a little bit more friction, like like friction. And it feels a little bit more like, oh my God, what's happening in the world? It feels like everything is devolving. But actually what's happening is all of these wounds are coming up to the surface so that we can see them and address them so that we can heal them. Yes. yes, Hopefully, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, prayers, prayers, prayers. You know, like that. When you talk about the earth resonance, I watch the the Schumann. Uh, I'm sure you do too. And so we've seen, you know, it's supposed to be 7.83, but there have been lots of jolts of just hours where it's not even recorded because it's so high. Yeah. Um, But usually when that happens and or other times, um, it does spike the DNA for the traumas to come up. And I think people have a tendency to get overwhelmed and they like, either drink or do things to kind of like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm going to, I can't deal with that. Can, you know, like just drowned it out. Yeah. Um, and we can, we can avoid it. Like you said, or we can look at, you know, right in the face and be like, okay, thanks for coming up. I didn't even know this was here or, Hey, I'm looking at you again. Um, maybe we can transmute this now. Um, but I feel like the, the trees, um, the plants, nature is helping transmute that if we ask and if we're aware that it can even happen. And, you know, just being super aware of even walking in the grass and just feeling that, um, yeah, to that a little bit. Trees are energy workers. 
Literally, like I, every single tree is a healer in one form or, or another. And, and I think that, you know, people don't recognize this kind of in the conscious way, but I think subconsciously we all know this. Think about how when you're working and you're kind of stuck on something and you just look out the window and you just look at a tree and you feel your energy just calm a little. Every time we look at a tree, we basically open up our aura to the aura of the tree and the tree that impacts us. So trees are always working in our energy. And I loved when you were sharing your story in the beginning, how the first thing the trees asked of you was actually to release your sorrow. Before you could even pull up the energy they want to send to you, you have to make room for it. And that means to release the sorrow, release the pain. They were telling you, we are listening to you. We're hearing your pain. And what's interesting is that Mother Earth actually wants us to release some of those denser feelings back into her. And it is a gift. It's not that we're just like, oh, take our waste, right? Like Earth right. knows how to take waste and turn it back into fertile soil. Well, and Earth like, is the master transmuter. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned the animals. Um, I work at a shelter part time and I foster, I fostered 103 kittens in the last five years. Oh, um, oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. well, and that's what. You know, I work with people as a naturopath, but when people come with their animals, I've, I've dabbled in that. Um, and that's been a big thing, just like with you. And they take on our stuff. Yeah. They, they transmute for us. And I've seen people live because their pet died of the same thing. And then the pet goes, you find out what was going on. It turns out usually the the, the owner has the same issue going on and now can try to fix it because the pet tried to take it on for them. Uh, I've had yeah. one of my pets do that for me actually. And she did pass, um, which is wow. super sad, but um, the earth and plants and nature, they do the same thing. And I just didn't yeah. even know it until now. Um, well, and it's important for us to understand that earth and plants and animals, they see death in a very different light than us humans do. Death is not in opposition to life when you look at it from the earth perception. Death is part of the life cycle. It feeds life again. So plants and animals tend to, and it, I love that you shared that the trees gr did grieve for the, the trees that were cut down because they can, they do do that, but they also understand that as soon as that particular life is over, some other life will begin again. They understand more than we humans do that death is never an end, it's just another beginning. Um, and as a medium, I know this because they tell me this. <laughs> well, that's just like the OA, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I have to rewatch that show, it's been years. I also wanna tell you, there's a male standing behind your right shoulder who's been there the entire time we've been talking. <laughs> I feel like- yeah, oh. I feel like it might be your grandfather. Oh, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised at all. He's with me yeah. all the time. And yeah. I don't, I don't always see him, but him and his brother, they tend to follow me a lot. His birthday is 921, and I see 921 like five times a day, every day. Oh my so. gosh, I love that. Yeah, he's been here the entire time we've been talking. He's just standing right behind your right shoulder. <laughs> Oh, wow. Thanks, Grandpa. Yeah. We'll see you later on if he wants to share anything. Sometimes yeah. they do. But right now, he's just he's just happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah. how what are you doing now? Because I know you have services. Yeah, you, yeah. This book is amazing. I know you're working on another book. 
Share yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, let me start with my book. So Everyday Plant Magic is my second book. And I love this book so much because I actually use my gifts of mediumship to write this book. And it was kind of cool because I had a lot of rejections and the idea I had this for this book. So I had an idea to write this book in 2019, my first publishing house from my first book, which is a succulent craft book called Infinite Succulent. I did not know. Um, I get it. And yeah, this one is not very spiritual. This one is just like, let's make art with succulents. Super okay. fun. And really pretty pictures. Kids love it because it's all miniature pieces of art. And so kids love this book. But this was my first book. My second book, I wanted to be all about how plants impact humans on a mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual way. And it took me two years to get that second book accepted. I had a lot of rejection. And when I finally did get to the point where my second publishing house took on this book, the book had kind of taken on a life of its own. But in those two years of rejection, that's when I was developing my intuitive gifts. So when I finally was able to write this book, I sat down in meditation with every single plant that is highlighted in this book and asked that plant, what wisdom, what message do you have for us right now? And if I had gotten that book deal when I first conceptualized this book, this would have been a very different book. It would have been more like an encyclopedia, more academic. But instead, it became a book that was almost from the heart of the plants themselves. And me having those years of rejection allowed me to become the bridge from the plants to humans in that way. So I'm grateful. In fact, in the acknowledgments, I thank the rejection because it allowed this book to become what it always wanted to be, which was a more spiritual, magical book than what I had originally I thought about. So these are my books that are out right now. I have a third book I'm currently working on. It'll be coming out in April and it's called Self-Care for Eco-Anxiety. 52 weekly practices for powerful personal change through the power of nature. Wow. Um, and this is a book that is basically a self-care book to deal with the sadness, the depression, the anxiety, the fear, the grief that so many of us are experiencing when we look at what's happening to our world, when we look at climate change, when we look at habitat destruction. This is a book for us to come back to a place of connection to earth, a place of creativity with earth, and a place of sacred reciprocity with earth. So while the book is not a book that's about, you know, how do we deal with climate change? How do we solve all these problems? While I do address some of that, the book is really about how do I feel about this issue and can I come back to a place of love for Earth, for myself, for humanity? Because I think that's the energy we need to come into solutions. The energy we have right now of fighting it, doom and gloom, fear, yeah. the fear is not motivating change. Right. I remember when I was in my master's program, there was really the belief that the scientists and a lot of the journalists had that is if we just share how bad things are, then it'll motivate change. But it doesn't. It creates paralysis. Right. That level of fear makes people give up, which is unfortunately what I think we've seen a lot of. Yeah. So mm -hmm. can we come back to a place of love? And the way I do that in this next book is by sharing 18 practices that are all about connecting with nature. 18 practices, which are all about creating with nature and 18, 17, 18 practices that are all about giving back to nature. Wow. Yeah. And I love what you were sharing about the trees, especially when you were talking about the, having that, that 
vision of all the trees, all those special trees in your life flashing before you. So I loved what you were sharing there because it reminds me of this one practice I share in the book, which is all about connecting with our mother trees. Have you heard of the concept of the mother tree? No. Oh, I'm going to blow your mind here. You're going to love this. Okay. So there's this great book called Finding the Mother Tree that was published, I want to say 2020 or 2021 by Dr. Suzanne Simard, who is a forest ecologist out of Canada. She actually used to work for the forestry companies that were cutting down trees for wood. And she was one of the scientists to try to help them determine, you know, how are we going to get the best growth so we can cut down more trees? And at the time, there was a a lot of belief in the competition of the forest, right? Like, we don't want to let there be biodiversity in the forest because then these trees will outcompete these trees. And we don't want to let there be all these ferns because they'll take up the nutrients that the trees need. And so they were using a lot of, you know, chemical pesticides and um, herbicides and just a lot of chemicals to kill trees and just cutting down a lot of trees. And she was just like, I don't think this is the best way of doing things, guys. So she's the one who started studying the root structure, the mycelium network, the mycorrhizal network, which is how plants communicate and connect with each other through their root system, through a symbiotic relationship with fungi and bacteria. Yep. And, and, and that's yeah. also in the a, the OA. It talks yes. about it shows yes. that whole network. Yes, and this is going to become even bigger. This whole idea of the mycelium network, mycorrhizal network—they're both the same thing. Um, we're going to hear more about this because it's it's really important. It's important on a physical level, and it's important on an energetic, spiritual level too. Have so you the study Baxter at all? You know, I have did, not. So he did the lie detector. Like he's kind of known as the lie detector pioneer. Okay. But he was had this whole thing with plants. And so he would hook up plants to the lie detector and it would freak out, you know, like stress if um, somebody uh, tried to burn the plant or cut the plant. Yep. And then people would leave. Um, they would do these experience, experiments and they would have a lady come back like two weeks later. And when she just walked into the room, they had a memory of her and they, before she even cut anything or burned anything, it went into stress already. And then they've actually taken them out of like, it did a lineup for like, um, they took plants out of a crime scene and and the plants were able to identify the murderer, the rapist, what have you. Whoa, I need to find that. That's fascinating. And we should be using that more. Right. Um, That should be like a way to a legal way to get people uh, convicted, I think. Um, Yeah. And the FBI was using it for a while. What was the name you said? Clive Baxter. Clive Baxter. He is um, phenomenal. Um, And he would even like did experiments where he would be leaving his office and he would look at his watch and he would time and he would say out loud, hey, I'm on my way home. I'll see you in a little bit. And he'd be 40 miles away. And then he would get there and and they were all on this, you know, all on lie detectors, which doesn't show lying. It shows stress or ease. And right. they would get excited, like happy. Yeah. Exactly in the moment he told them 40 miles away that I'm on my way home. I'll see you in a little bit. And they would be all happy in unison that he was coming home. And, um, but yeah, they told me, one of the things they told me is that they are guardians is one, one thing they said. And then also I do aromatherapy. I'm a big aromatherapist, 
which yeah. oils go into the bloodstream, they clear trauma, yep. they do all that stuff. And we have, we share 50% of the receptors that plants do, you know, in our DNA. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty crazy too. But yeah. anyway. Going. I, yeah, I want to talk about the mother tree, and then I want to talk about biophilia hypothesis, which speaks to our oh, cells and our yeah, DNA. Yeah. So yeah, so the mother trees are basically, so anyway, she discovered this idea that the mycelium network actually allows the plants to collaborate in the forest more than they're competing and that like birch trees and fir trees are actually helping each other out they're sending nitrogen to each other some of them have deeper roots they're sending water to each other they're not in competition and then they discover that these mother trees are basically like the older the old growth trees who are really the hubs of the forest and are feeding so many different trees and plants in the forest themselves and the mother trees actually able to differentiate through the root system, which of the surrounding trees are her own progeny and which are just other trees. And she can choose to send even more resources to her offspring. She doesn't have to just send her offspring, but if some of her offspring, if it's like a drought season, she can choose to send more to her own offspring. I never thought about them having offspring. That's crazy. They do. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Because trees, trees can reproduce in lots of different ways. They can, you know, drop seeds and grow that way, but they can also, some different trees also clone where they actually have almost like little replicas of themselves pop up from a different root structure somewhere or like from a, a different spot. So, and different trees reproduce in different ways, but yes, they definitely do have offspring. So the mother trees are these wise elders of the forest community. And with understanding now that the forests are collaborative communities, not in competition, it completely changes the way that well, hopefully, forestry services go about, you know, cutting trees down when they need to, and also securing and 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 protecting and conserving the forests as well, which is extremely important as, you know, climates are shifting and trees are more vulnerable to different blights and illnesses and pests now too. So the more we can support the trees and provide them more time to adapt to the changes that are already happening, the better we're all going to be because we need trees to survive. Now, when you're talking about the DNA, I want to talk a little bit about the biophilia hypothesis. Have you ever heard that term before? Okay. So the biophilia hypothesis was first kind of written about in the 1970s, one by the psychologist Edward Frum, and then Dr. E.O. Wilson, who was, I think, an ant biologist in Harvard. He wrote a whole book called The Biophilia Hypothesis in the 70s, maybe early 80s. And what E.O., what Dr. Wilson was saying was that human beings on a cellular level have an innate love for other species. And that's because we evolved with other species. Humanity has lived as a part of nature for far longer than we have lived, dis, quote unquote, disconnected from nature. We have lived out in the forests, breathing in the spores from the fungus and the plants, working one like next to animals. We've been living far longer with that close relationship with nature than we have been without it. And, and as such, our cells are evolved to do better in nature. Now, when you think about what you do with essential oils, that makes so much sense, right? Like our cells are primed to have beneficial reactions to different plant stimuli during different natural stimuli. Now, 
what's really interesting, E.O. Wilson just kind of talked about it as a love, an affinity. We have an affinity for nature and it's in our DNA. And that's why humans have pets, right? And that's why we have houseplants is because of biophilia. I kind of take it to the next level, which is very physiological. If our cells have this affinity for nature and do better in nature from an emotional standpoint, wouldn't it make sense then that our cells also do better from a physical standpoint? And I mean, we don't have to go far to know that there's so much scientific evidence that proves that exposure to nature is good for our health and our wellness. What's really interesting right now is the popularity of something called forest bathing or shinrin-yoku. Forest bathing is a form of therapy that's very popular in Japan, South Korea. Um, It's starting to be more heard of here. But basically what forest bathing is, is opportunity to just go be present in the forest. You don't have to run a mile. You don't have to do yoga. You can kind of just sit still. But as long as you're in a forested area and you're there breathing deeply for about an hour to two hours, you are going to have positive impacts on your health. They've done a lot of studies in Japan that have found that spending time in the forests reduces cortisol levels, it reduces our stress, reduces heart rate, and it also increases the body's production of this special um, white blood cell called natural killer cells, which are cancer fighters. Yes. And what's super cool about that is the longer you spend in the forest, the more your body produces the, these natural killer cells and the more like vibrant the cells are, the more like vitalized the cells are, and it'll increase your body's production of them for an extended period of time. So if you spend three days out in the forest, your body will produce more for, I think, like up to like three weeks or something. Wow. I'd have to check my science on that. But it's, it's your body with this exposure to nature, your body starts producing better immune health pretty much. And it's a lot of what's happening when we're forest bathing is actually through the limbic system is actually through breathing in the sense, breathing in the sense of nature itself, which, you know, you work with essential oils. So yes, on the skin, but also through smelling essential oils and the the work through the limbic system, there's a lot of uh, big help, especially on the nervous system for us that way as well. It bypasses the olfactory system, goes straight to the limbic system and it starts dumping like traumas and it can defrag some of that from your cells. And, you know, but I never thought of it as, I always thought like topical to go in, in the cells or on the cells. I never thought about just being out there and breathing it in. I mean, but it makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, I think about when we use essential oils for diffusing, right? When we actually just diffuse them and just breathe it, it cleans the air, but we also breathe that in. Or simmer pots. I love making simmer pots, especially as we get into the winter and it gets drier in our homes. Simmer pots are also amazing if you are um, experiencing any fires within your area and like the air quality is not good. You can do a simmer pot in your what home. What is a simmer pot? I haven't heard okay. that. Before. Okay. A simmer pot is basically a big old pot of water on your stove and you add a lot of plants to it and you just let it simmer all day and let the beautiful smells dissipate around your home. And you can be very intentional with the ones that the plants that you choose. So for example, you know, holiday season, you throw in some orange slices and some cinnamon and maybe a sprig of rosemary and maybe some cloves and you get kind of that holiday smell. But also orange, cinnamon, cloves and rosemary are also very cleansing of the air as well, right? So not only does it smell good, it's cleaning the air, it's creating more humidity in the air, especially if you're running heat. 
And when you're dealing with poor air quality, you can specifically use some herbs like oregano. Um, Mullein is a really, really good one for cleansing the lungs and protecting the lungs. M-U-L-L-E-I-N. My mom just bought that. I, I was like, yeah. what, I asked her, what is that? And she's like, I don't know. Someone told me to get it. And I never yeah. I to look it up. It, it's a great one to have in your like apothecary because it's so supportive for the lungs and you can, you know, simmer it. You can make a tea from it. You can also do like a steam pot where you just kind of have it simmering and you put your head over with a towel. It will have, it, you will cough stuff up. That's what Merlin does is it actually helps you cough up crud out of your lungs. It helps cl cleanse the lungs. Um, so that's a really good one. But simmer pots are just really great ways to bring this beautiful smells of nature and the medicinal benefits of those smells into your home. They're also very witchy, which I love because you kind of stir it. It's like a cauldron, you know? <laughs> so cute. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. Interesting. Well, yeah. So with the mother tree, I actually, in everyday, in self care for eco anxiety, one of the practices I give is kind of a guided meditation to connect in with your mother trees. And your mother trees are exactly what you experienced. Those trees that have been just important relationships in your life. Our mother trees are the ones that call our attention. The one we always look at out the window. The one we always go talk to in our backyard. The one that's our favorite tree on that hike we go on, right? Or that our favorite tree on our commute. That's our mother tree. And that tree is communicating with us, which is why we feel drawn to it. There's a telepathic communication that's happening there. Oh, I just lost your sound. There we go. There we go. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you now. I'm just, this is, yeah, you're right. You're blowing me away. I'm going to have to get all of these books. And definitely you need, if you get, if you feel to look into Clive, he has a couple yeah. books out too, but the forest bathing thing. I think I, I think my husband actually has a book on that. Um, yeah. And if you want some recommendations, I've got some good recommendations for books on forest bathing. Yeah. I didn't know about the, um, the, na the natural cells. Um, yeah. The biophilia hypothesis. Yeah. That is yeah. Uh, the, the killer cells. I mean, my gosh. But oh, that that's is from the forest bathing. Yes. That is amazing. So spending time in the forest is like, actually great for fighting cancer <laughs> that is that, i love that so much i love yeah. that so much yeah and i wanted to tell you too i had gotten this ring a few weeks ago it's a it's fern beautiful. like oh, it's beautiful it's well, i didn't really know why i was drawn to it and i get your book <laughs> and i have the whole i have so much underlined in your book or whatever it's oh like, i love it but um it talks about it being um ancient Yes. wisdoms related to acceptance and authenticity yes. kind of like my whole thing is like truth and being authentic um hundred million years old i think you you actually said that they're weird they're so weird i love them so much that's the first thing you say is they're <laughs> elegant and totally weird uh -huh. um, energetically holds space for the level of authenticity in us too yeah um the fern knows that our greatest expansion comes from holding that loving space for ourselves especially when we are in storms of our own pain yeah um, ferns infuse us with unfurling energy reminding us that it's safe for us to emerge um, from those tight stuck places and come home to ourselves and then i love that you give all these um 
I just, it's so beautiful. The book, I mean, oh, the information is amazing, but the, the book itself is so pretty. Like there's so much, you know, you go into, I mean, I, like I said, I've been sleeping with it. <laughs> oh, that, make, that makes my heart so happy. Yeah. The illustrations are incredible. We worked with my, my publishing house, my editor, we worked with this um, amazing artist out of uh, Chile. Maya Hanish is her name. And I mean, her illustrations blow, like they blew me away. They still do. They're so beautiful. Some people ask if they're photos. They're that beautifully illustrated. And what I loved about her is she kind of had this like magical realism that I felt from her paintings where it felt real, but you could feel the magic and the, the personality of the plants, which that's what this book is all about, is feeling into the personality of these plants, hearing their wisdom, knowing they're alive. Um, one of the things I share with each of the plants is the chakras, because I'm an energy worker, yeah, I work a lot yeah, with yeah. the chakra system. So I talk about how different plants will help us with different chakras. But first and foremost, every single plant impacts us on the heart level, in the heart yeah. chakra. And you spoke to that when you were first talking, when you were just sharing how, you know, working with the trees and it, it was like speaking right to your heart the plants first and foremost want to keep us open-hearted and how I know that the plants first and foremost work with us within the heart space is because they are the creators of the air we breathe and the heart chakra governs our lungs, governs our breath. Right. And what's so beautiful about that, the heart chakra is all about give and take sacred reciprocity. The back of the heart chakra is the largest area of energetic receptivity in the body. And the front of the heart chakra is where we can extend the most our energy out into this world. Give and take, right? But take has a bad connotation. I want to say receive, yes. right? Offer and receive. And with the plants, when you think about the relationship we have with plants and how their breath has allowed us to even exist, their breath yes. feeds us. And in return, our breath feeds them yes Ugh, every time i talk about what, it, it chills. what a relationship i mean yeah that yeah. is the most pure definition of sacred reciprocity and symbiosis that i can think of right and right now on earth i think so many of us are being called to come back to our heart space so many of us have closed our heart over the years because we're in pain because we know that the way that we've been living for probably a few thousand years is not one that is prioritizing life. Mm. And in order for us to come back to a place, remember who we actually are, what we're actually a part of, we have to open up our heart spaces and prioritize life again. And remember, well, it's a sacred give and take that word remember is extremely important to me too. And it's in my, one of my books, um, remembering the frequency of love. Mm -hmm. And I put, I spell it R E dash member because uh. to remember is to member again or align with source or energy or whatever, God love, whatever you want to call it. My mentor, um, one of my mentors, um, Gary Young, when we would travel, um, we traveled to Oman and France and Croatia, uh, you wow. know, to study plants and what they would do and how they would help us. And um, he always encouraged us when we would travel, 
that when we hit the ground, um, take off our shoes, connect with the earth and to ask what that place had for us and what we had for them and what yes. was the exchange. And, um, you know, we practiced that, at, you know, when we would travel, you know, weekly, monthly, whatever for years, but this whole thing that happened to me this month has brought it to a whole new level of exchange that I didn't even know existed until this just happened. So Ugh, your work, um, you are way ahead. I, I, um, humble opinion. That's all it is. Um, you know, I've worked with crystals and I have card decks and, you know, I've studied the crystal stuff. I didn't even know you were doing the crystal succulent things. Um, but I had really, really understood, you know, about the aliveness and the frequency of the crystals with the oils. But now that we have the plants in that mix, I'm just like, oh my gosh. And then I've been studying, you know, consciousness of water. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. Dana Austin, but she's yeah. a dear friend and she's been on the show a few times. And, you know, it's just like, everything is alive, you know, bottom line. Everything is alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, even this, I mean, I do yes. regular and this is like nourishment and love and and you know what's even crazier is that bottle that's even holding your juice has yeah. a consciousness to it as well yes and it says love yourself and she puts all these like pretty things i love i love this company um they deliver and uh, I, I love that too but you know i love what you're what you're sharing because it feels to me like a lot of especially the work you've done has really been focusing on the active plant medicine, active plant magic, the, the utilizing, using the plants, you know, is essential oils or as herbs that we're taking, we're ingesting very active and moving now into plant communication and plant energy is a passive plant medicine or passive plant magic in that we don't actually have to take from the plant physically and ingest it in any way in order to receive the benefits. We can just open ourselves energetically to that plant and receive benefits that way. So meditating with trees, meditating and connecting with the mycelium network, sitting with houseplants, filling your home with houseplants and feeling the energy they bring in. These are all beautiful examples of passive plant magic. Yeah. And my husband is like such a gardener and oh. always has been, and he grows gardens and plants and trees and Amazing. flowers. And I mean, he, this, that was his whole jam. Um, and is his whole jam for years. So when we connected, it was like I had, you know, the bottles, he had the real stuff, but I really couldn't enter. I just didn't get it. And we just went on this trip last week. We're driving down the highway. And now I I don't, it's, I, I cannot miss it. Like it, it's, you see all the tree or I see the trees and I'm just like, Oh, hi, how are you? And you're the stars and look how many, and what is your name and what kind are you? And so I was asking my husband, Brian, I'm like, well, what's the name of that one? As far as, you know, Oak or yeah. I don't know all the stuff. So, yeah. and he was just like laughing at me last week. He was like, I can't believe that you're like into this, like you're finally there. He's always been ahead of me for so many different things, but you know, and I'm ahead of him in some ways yeah. too. You're just such a good match. I was going to say, it sounds like you guys are a really good pair. Can yeah. I share with you one of my favorite practices I've been doing with the trees lately? Cause I think you will absolutely love it. 
Yes, do that. And then also tell us where people can find okay. you yes. and all of that. Just so, because I'm sure there's people who want to connect with you and yeah. website, your services, all of that. So yes, tell us. Yes. Okay. So this has been, for the last few months, this has been my absolute favorite way to go and talk to the trees. Um, before this, I would just go over and like connect and be like, what do you, what do you have for me? Like what lesson, what message? But now I've been doing something that's even more personal. That's just been, oh my God, so amazing for my heart. So I go over to a tree and I connect. And when I connect with the tree, I, I ground first. So I feel my roots enter earth. And then I feel my roots connect with the roots of the tree. And then I put one hand on the tree, usually my left hand on the tree, right hand on my heart. I feel my heartbeat. And then I wait until I can feel what feels like the heartbeat of the tree on my hand that's touching the tree. Once I can feel that, then I'm like, okay, we're in communication. So what I've been doing lately is when I feel that connection, I ask the tree to share with me either words or an image who this tree is. Give me words about you that define you. And so sometimes they'll give me words like, I'm fertile, I watch, I'm protector, I'm playful. Like they just tell me different things. And then I say, thank you. I see you. How do you see me? And they send me, typically it's not a word, it's an image. I'll see some kind of beautiful image with colors and like unfolding colors like ribbons or I'll just get this sensation every now and then they'll share a sentence but they they show me how they see me and it's helping me to see myself more clearly it's helping me to see myself the way the universe sees me which has been something I've been praying for and asking for for a number of months so the trees are helping me to see myself more clearly and it has been so heart opening and so it just, it, may, it just makes me so happy. And the trees love it. They love when we talk to them and they love when we know we receive them. I hug and kiss my trees. I thank them. Hi, puppy. I thank them for, you know, everything pretty much. But, and when one of my trees, like in the backyard right now, we have a fig tree that really needs to be trimmed. She grew so much, but she's got all these figs on her. So we're not going to trim her until the figs come off. But we've got all these like posts holding up some of her branches right now because she's just going to like topple over. Um, and we had a storm a few weeks ago where she kind of fell over. And when we tried to push her back up to get this, you know, the post back under her, some of her bark ripped and I started sobbing. Like I started crying so hard. I'm like, honey, I'm sorry. We're just trying to help you. I'm sorry. You're hurting. Like I just was, cause I'm so tight with this tree. She's fine. She's going to be fine. Um, but I was like really upset. I was really upset when I like felt like I had unintentionally hurt her. Um, so yeah, we can just develop very close relationships with them. All right. So about me, Yes, my books, my third book's coming out. But what I do right now is I'm a spiritual life coach. I am a nature connector and I am an intuitive medium and energy worker. So people can work with me one-on-one -on -one for coaching packages if they want to learn to connect more magically with nature, if they want to learn how to work with their intuition and understand energy, or people you know, hire me for one-to-one -one sessions, either my spirit sessions, which are intuitive sessions and mediumship sessions, or my energy sessions, which can be chakra reads or just full energy transformation sessions. And I offer those both in person and over Zoom because energy work is, there are no limits to energy. So we can do really incredible things with energy work over you know, Zoom, which or, or just over online, which is fantastic. Um, you can find me on my website, infinitesucculent.com. 
everything's there. You can also find me on most active social media wise on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I do have a YouTube channel and I also share about moon energy. So I, sh I, every new moon and every full moon, I release what I call my moon blog and I share about the energies of that moon. I connect intuitively with the moon. I ask her, what does she, what does she want us to know? Um, what do you want us to know for this you know, current lunation? And then I share that in a blog and I send out a newsletter with that information. So if people like working with the energy of the moon. I say, please come subscribe to my moon blog because I love working with La, La Luna. And um, she's been, she's been, a. I feel like, especially right now with the eclipse season, everything going on in the world, she's really been offering some practical um energetic help for us. The moon represents our emotions and we're in a pretty emotionally volatile place right now. Um, we're also in the middle of eclipse season, which is known to be pretty chaotic. Um, one thing that always helps me, especially during eclipse season, is to just really have some faith that the chaos that's ensuing right now is long-term going to be for the highest, happiest, greatest good. Just in the moment, it's, it's hard to see it as such because the universe doesn't see time the way we do at all <laughs> at all so yeah you can find me there infinite definitely. succulent definitely well i am just over the moon literally um that you were so kind to give up your time today to be with us and i do encourage you guys who are watching um go to her website go find her on facebook go do all the things um get the book books i'm gonna get the other one now because i just think I think I need it. Um, I'm excited for the one coming out in April. And maybe if you are around in April yeah. before it comes out, we can do another show. Yeah. About your new book or something if you're up for it. I am so up for it. I would love to. Yeah. Anytime we have books coming out, the more we could talk about it, the better. But also, I think it's a really important topic. And especially the self-care aspect of it is extremely important because, you know, the self-care practices I share in that book, while they're helpful for that particular topic, they're really helpful for everything. It's really about, you know, a lot of what I share is nervous system regulation. It's about acceptance, like radical acceptance. Like how do we move through these times without losing ourselves? really? Awesome. Well, thank you again. Appreciate yeah. you so much. I'm sorry that we went a little bit over time. It's but okay. It was worth every minute to me anyway. And I know you guys who are watching feel the same way. And um, thank you for your work. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for all the time and research that you put into us for us to even glean all of this from you. And I just mucho love to you and what you're doing. And I do hope that we find each other soon uh, again and keep in touch. And just God bless you so much. Appreciate oh, it. thank you. So gratefully received. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for providing this resource and this content for people. Thank you for, you know, promoting authenticity. Thank you for promoting natural remedies. Thank you for being part of this big change that we're all experiencing. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, guys, definitely make sure to like, to share. You know, I'm sure there's people out there who really could use a pick me up. Yeah. And this could be the thing that you know, really brings them back home. So please do share this with your friends and your family and whoever you think that would be um, benefit, benefiting from something um, of this material. And um, we are here every Thursday at noon. And so I'd really definitely hit the notifications so you know what's coming up, get on the newsletter. And I just love you guys so much. I appreciate you. And thank you again, Raquel. And we will see you guys next week. Thank you. Bye, so guys. Much. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you.